0: I'm going to speak to you for a few minutes this evening on the seven suddenlies of God. The seven suddenlies of God. The word suddenly in the King James Version of the Bible is used 41 times in 40 scriptures. It is used 41 times in 40 scriptures. This is, of course, from the King James Version. And when you interrogate those words suddenly, you will discover that the word suddenly is used by God's activity eight times where God is responsible for a suddenly and in those eight times the word suddenly is used where god is active in the suddenly those words suddenly can responsibly be placed into seven categories and we will go through each category god is always moving bazalwani god is always moving god is omni kinetic God is not stagnant. God is everywhere, but he's moving, always speaking. We don't have the privilege to hear all of his conversation because God is so multiloquious, he can speak to every person in this room at the same time and not get his wires crossed. He knows exactly what you need. God never gives somebody else your message. He always directs your message directly to you. You can have, like the twins here, Gary and Karen, who are so close, they're almost sitting on each other's laps. They've always been that way. But in this service, God will give Karen her message as he will reliably and responsibly give Gary his and won't cross the wires. And so when God begins to speak, and responsibly so, There are times that God's word has a little more urgency to it. Even though God is always speaking, there are various ranges of emphasis or urgency that he can place on a word. And many times when God begins to speak in that kind of way, the expressions through which God speaks is designed to break any form of limitation on our life to hopefully give us an insight into what he desires for us. And sometimes God gives us these insights for what he desires for us based on our limitation, whatever that limitation is, from intellectual, academic limitation to maybe emotional, physical limitation, possibly our experience of who he is and where he is, God will give us a word in spite of that. And when he gives us that word, He is giving us an assurance that he wants, to, he, he wants better for us. And because of our human limitation, and many times because of our insecurity, and possibly a lack of our application of faith, which is necessary to please him, God then facilitates a suddenly... And brings you into a place so quickly it just befuddles the mind and your being. So the first suddenly is sudden destruction. We'll start with the negative and systematically work towards our desired end. The first one is Deuteronomy chapter number seven, verse three to five. He says, Neither shall you make marriages with them. Your daughter uh, you shall not give to his son, nor his daughter shall you take to your son. For they will turn away uh, your son from following me to serve other gods. And you will tick me off, my anger will be kindled against you and destroy you suddenly. This is how you shall deal with them. And he says, "Destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, burn their graven images with fire." The reason for that is, I will destroy you suddenly. And sometimes idolatry, idolatry becomes one of our one of the greatest enemies to God moving in our lives. And stubbornness is as idolatry. Stubbornness is as the sin of idolatry because stubbornness is where an individual will not entertain another opinion. And what happens is that if you won't listen to somebody else, we then raise our opinion, dig in in a stubborn fashion, and, and will not take counsel or advice. And then that becomes an idol. And many times when God says, move, we raise our own opinion based on something. And what happens is we worship around our opinion and we don't facilitate God. And God says, when an individual worships around their opinion and becomes an idol, I have to destroy that thing, but I'm going to do it suddenly. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 4. He says, I will destroy you suddenly. Please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord, Lord forgive, me for forgive me for being stubborn in issues pertaining to you. uh, There's more prayer coming from this side. I don't know about the ideologies on this side. Pray with passion. Say, Lord, Lord, forgive forgive me me. me. for any area. area. I've been stubborn stubborn. and not allowed you to move. move. I hold your opinion in high regard. I ask for forgiveness now. Open my heart heart. so your opinion and your word can have preeminence in my life. Put your hands together and clap your hands right there. Come on, Holy Ghost. It's on tonight. Pastor Renee, I would consider Chichi and I being good kids, just good people doing the best we can with what we have. But sometimes when God speaks based on the lack of our lack of exposure or experience or relationships, we, we've heard a word from God, not sure it was God, and went in an opposite direction. And, and what happens is that God, in his mercy, kindness, in his benevolence, will visit us again and, and, and maybe temper the word a little to make it easier. Chichi loves to read, and so women generally read better than men. I'm way out. But uh, men like pictures. So the reason you have pictures when you go through a drive-thru Uh, That's for the men, it's not for the women, that's for the men. I want a number one, or give me a number seven. Easy on the mustard. Now the women want to read all the details. Women generally are left side of the page, people in, in a restaurant, except one in this house that I know very well. Women are left side, men are right side. Right side, they want to see the price. Women are left side. <laughs> and so sometimes God has to break it down for us and put, especially for the men, a picture of a rib steak with a bucket of mashed potato and a dab of butter. And then you say, that's the one I want. <laughs> and so God is patient with us and he then has to break it down for us to give us another chance, shout, Lord, give me another chance. Lord, give me another chance. That's not shouting. Say, Lord give, me Lord, give me another chance. Because any person that has come here tonight on a Sunday night, on Palm Sunday, any person that has come here has come because you have a deep desire for God. You want God to move in your life, and you want God to do something in your life. You're a die-hard believer. You've come for something. You didn't come to waste your time. And because you've come, God is going to give you another chance. Come on, Holy Ghost! Number two. Number two. The rhema suddenly. Numbers chapter number 12 and verse 4. Numbers chapter number 12, verse 4. This is number two. The suddenly of rhema when God speaks. We must move quickly. And the Lord spoke suddenly to Moses. And the backdrop is this. The family was having a little family squabble. And they were going to hinder the next chapter, which is chapter 13, to go into the promised land. And God had to sort this thing out quickly. So God suddenly spoke to them. But if you read preceding verse, if you read chapter number 11, God is chatting with Moses. And he says to Mo, when Moses says, I can't carry these people, it's too heavy for me. God and Moses are talking all the time. They're talking all the time. But in this verse, God comes in suddenly with a rhema word. And that rhema will come and jump on you when you least expect it. You could be going down 69 or wherever you're going, near the 10, landing up Lake Charles somewhere. Anxious for something from God, you will have had a good message, a good word, something's resonating in your spirit. But suddenly, He comes sit right next to you in the car and puts a rhema in your spirit. Whoever you are, and whatever you're desirous of, get ready between now and Resurrection Sunday for a suddenly rhema. A suddenly rhema is about to jump on your head and on your life. It's going to shift you so quick, you're going to be like a Ferrari shift going down the freeway. Let me explain this to you tonight. God is in a rhema mood. He's about to give you a suddenly word to change the trajectory of your life and alter and recalibrate your direction. Shout, give me a suddenly rhema. Amen. The third suddenly is a suddenly for anointing. It's a suddenly for acceleration. It's a suddenly for the anointing being accelerated. Second Chronicles 29 verse 3. In the first year of Hezekiah's reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Now, we generally do things the other way. We repair the doors, then we open them. This brother couldn't wait to repair the doors. He said, we're going to open these doors, and then we'll talk about repairing them. Because what's the point of having repaired doors if they can't open? Hezekiah said, we are in an urgent place. we got to get the doors open. You feel that anointing coming in here? He said, we got to open these doors, we'll repair them as we go along. Because God's about to open some doors, let's not worry about what they made of, what materials they were, uh, were prepared from, what kind of check you need to come and fix the doors. Just get the doors open. Let your prayers open the doors. Let your prophecy open those doors. God will fix the doors. The thing is, let's get them open. Shout, open the doors. Shout, Lord, open the doors. Shout, Lord, open the doors. Shout, He'll repair your emotion. He'll repair your life. He'll repair your marriage. He'll repair your broken down dignity. He'll repair the things that aren't working out in your life. But he wants to get the doors open for you. Because if the door will open, you can walk in. Put your hands together for open doors. Look at verse 36. This is the result of the doors being opened. Verse 36, and Hezekiah rejoiced. And all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people for the thing was done suddenly. Baby, when the door opens from the pastor all the way to the people, there's going to be rejoicing everywhere. Because when the doors open, God will send a suddenly that's going to spin that devil and his mother-in-law. They won't even know what hit them. A suddenly is coming on your life of cataclysmic proportion. It's going to blow the things that you've been looking for wide open. A revival is coming, pressed down, shaken together. Run it over. I feel like preaching up in Bowman tonight because God has promised a Sunday revival. Put your hands on that word. My God, I feel like... Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Suddenly, God is doing this thing. Suddenly, Jackie, it's coming like a tsunami. It's coming like you least expected. You'll be tired. You'll be weary. walking church. And suddenly, suddenly... For the thing was done suddenly. Come on, Super Dave. You're going to need to do more than that. Amen. Verse number four. Suddenly the enemy, your enemy will be wounded. Psalm 64. Go to Psalm 64. Starting from verse one. Hear my voice. O god in my prayer preserve my life from fear of the enemy hide me from the secret councils of the wicked from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly, they do shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying snares privately, and they say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities, they accomplish a diligent search, doth the inward thought of every one of them, and their heart is deep. But you, O oh God, shall shoot an arrow. Suddenly, they shall be wounded <laughs> so that their tongue, their tongue, will fall upon themselves. And all that see them shall flee away. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. Verse number seven. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. Sisters and brothers, God's about to arm himself. And shoot suddenly at the thing that's been hurting you. God doesn't want to kill your enemy, God wants to wound your enemy so that you can see, Brenda, your enemy lumping away. God doesn't want to take out your enemy. He wants you to see the recompense and the revenge that he's placing on your enemy. He wants you to get courage to see your enemy bleeding where his brains are coming out of his ears. Can you hear what I'm saying? God's about to wound someone's enemy suddenly here. Suddenly. That thing that's putting pressure on you, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're going to hear that whoever's been hurting you and putting pressure on you, that they got wounded with a little arrow and a dart from God. That all of their snares, all of their conniving, all of their strategy, all of their rubbish, all of their plans, all of their traps are coming to nothing because God, yes, has shot an arrow against them to, to nebulize your enemy. Shout, Lord, wound my enemy. Oh, it's time to gloat for what's coming in your life. That thing that's been hurting you for 15 years, it's time, it's a gloat season. Because God's about to wound your enemy, but it's coming suddenly. They think they had you in a corner. They thought they destroyed you. That sickness thinks it's got power over you. But as suddenly it's coming, God's about to wound your enemy suddenly. Give someone a high five and say, this is the first one. Tell them this is the first high five. There's four more coming. There's four more coming. There's four more coming. Watch your enemy start lumping away. Watch your enemy go back to his hellhole. Watch your enemy retreat to a cave and you won't hear from your enemy again because they know if I touch this person, I'm going to be wounded because the wound is going to be so severe. They'll never forget. And the reason God doesn't take the enemy out and wounds them, because when your enemy is walking down Kingdom Boulevard, limping, people will say what happened. They will know we'd better not mess. We'd better not mess with Tudor and Chi Chi. Because look what happened to so-and-so. <laughs> They're walking with a half a leg. They have one eye. They got their ear taken out. Their lips fallen in their plate. They got one tooth in their mouth and they can't chew meat. The devil is a liar. God is about to wound your enemy and give you a breakthrough. My God, I feel like preaching against the devourer that's standing in your way. Breakthrough is coming in this path. I feel like moonwalking. My God. Woo. Give a person a high five. Say, this is number two. Don't mess with me. Amen. Tell them, don't mess with me. God has a weapon is about to take out on the enemy. God is a secret weapon. God is a secret weapon that is about to apply to your life. Yeah. Number five. The suddenly of revelation knowledge. The suddenly of revelation knowledge. Acts chapter number nine, verse three. And as Saul journeyed and came near to Damascus suddenly there shined around him a light that was from heaven here is a man that is ambitious is a man that is intellectually creatively academically blessed and he's been pushed through school he did well in the schools in Tarshish. they saw this guy has a future in the political, uh, socio-geo backdrop of, of uh, Israel. And because he was a star and a winner, they pushed him to get his PhD in the law very early. And because he had ambition, because he was probably choleric in temperament, he's the kind of person that he can look at you and not show an emotion but pass a hard sentence. You will see this, what he, what he did to Stephen. And so now with his ambition, he's driving forward, sisters and brothers, to further his ambition. Get Stephen killed, and now he's going with the rest papers to arrest Christians in Damascus. But while he's on the road to Damascus, there is a moment now, in spite of all the things he's learned, he talks about this, he says, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I was zealous in every way. I, I was trained in every uh." uh Area and writ of the law. He said, I was one of the very best within the group of Pharisees and of every subject. And he deals with this in Galatians and Colossians, talking about the metaphor and shadows of things to come. He learned all of those things. He was astute in the writings. But now, on the road to Damascus, filled with ambition suddenly revelation knowledge comes. It's not progressive knowledge. It's not like you go on some sort of a retreat and you know, you get this, like Zig Ziglar says, you know, after a lot of teaching and training, you get an aha moment. This is like, bam! On the road to Damascus, bam! Who are you? I'm Jesus. You better straighten out. All the things he learned about in one moment is Jesus. Instantly he understands what the brazen altar means. Instantly he knows what the brazen labor means. He sees the candlesticks, the table of showbread, the altar of incense. Suddenly he sees the veil that's been torn. He sees that veil ripped apart. He's looking at the Ark of the Covenant. He sees the blue and the silver and the brass and the gold. He understands the goat, the ram, the pigeon, the turtle dove. He understands all of the metaphors from Noah to Moses and all what they stood for Isaac on an altar. In an instant, he gets an instant download. On the road to Damascus, he finds high-speed internet and this new program is downloaded into it spirit it's a suddenly revelation a revelation for your money a revelation for church growth a revelation for your family a revelation for the next level a revelation for the future a suddenly is coming on someone here you're gonna know things quickly that you never thought you would ever know in your life shout i receive revelation shout i receive revelation shout i receive revelation god's about to give you a word and build up and you will build years of a Bible study, a word you'll build an ideology, a word you'll build a culture based on a suddenly moment. Shall I receive it. Amen. Come on, Judah. I'm nearly there. Number six. Number six. Hey, Amen. You are making it hard, but I'm here. Amen. Hey, Amen. I'm going to get Mugabe on you here in a minute. Amen. Number six. Suddenly doors will open. Acts. Chapter number 16, verse 25 and 26. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas, go to verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and all the prisoners heard them. The backdrop, Paul goes now to Philippi. He has with him a young man whose name is Timothy. If you read chapter number 16 of the book of Luke, the Bible says, and he went, verse 1, Acts 16 verse 1, and he went. And then the next few verses he says, and they went. And then in Acts chapter number 16 verse 9 says, Paul saw the vision, and we went. So in Acts chapter number 16 verse 9, or is it verse 10, the Bible says, and we went, which means that Dr. Luke, who had been writing all this time concerning the events of Acts to Theophilus, he joins Paul in Acts chapter number sixteen and verse ten. So now Timothy's just been circumcised. He was recognized by Paul in a church service like this. Paul saw this teenage boy whose father's a Greek, his mother's a Jewess, his grandmother's an intercessor, and Paul sees the kid glowing. Takes him on his in his teenage years, has him circumcised, and when they get to Philippi, Timothy has the pain. In his loins. For ministry that's beginning. But Paul has the pain in his spirit. To break, open, to break open the heavens in Philippi. Because in that entire region of Macedonia. Philippi was the poorest place economically. It was the most barren place. And so to break barrenness in that place. God had to get the apostle into the root of the city. And change the root. And so to get him in the root of the city, some girl ticked him off and he cast out the devil. She was some sort of a sangoma slash uh, a spirit medium that was making people rich. And when Paul cast that devil out, it made the devil mad. And they had Paul arrested because he was messing with the equilibrium and the economic ecosystem in that region. Arrested Paul, had him whipped. Well, the Bible says, by your stripes we are healed. So the first step, if you're going to heal this economic thing, you got to get whoop for it. So he gets beaten and the healing begins. Then he's thrown into the middle of the jail, but he's thrown into the deepest part of the jail. He's thrown into the inner matrix, into the womb of Philippi. The sperma was put right in the middle of the matrix in the dark, stuck right there in chains. Now, they don't complain. What they do there is they sang, they prayed, and sang praises, which is in direct collaboration with Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. Now they could have complained, but because they were ending the barrenness in Philippi, the healing from their backs was bringing healing, but it's now time to sing, O barren. And the Bible says they began to sing praises unto God, and all the prisoners heard them. It's not just the prisoners in the jail. It's the prisoners that are in the city of Philippi. It's those that are in the heavens over the Philippi region. All the prisoners heard the song to end barrenness. How? can you sing the Lord's song in a strange land they came to a strange land and began to sing I heard David say sing unto the Lord a new song we're changing the atmosphere we're changing the temperament it's in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and as they began to sing verse 26 look what the Bible says and suddenly there was a great earthquake Sisters and brothers, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on doing the right thing the right way because the suddenly is imminent. The foundations of all kinds of stuff that's holding the church back are about to be rocked. But you gotta keep on singing. You gotta keep on praying. You gotta keep on believing. You gotta keep on trusting. You gotta keep on doing. You gotta keep on pushing. Because uh, suddenly it's coming for your life. Suddenly, watch it. All the doors are going to be open. Give someone a high five. Say, this is number three. Shut all the doors. Say, all the doors are going to open. Say, all the doors. Put your hands together for all the doors. I know, I know. There are times in your life when certain doors open and others refuse to open. He said, I'm going to open doors that no man can shut. Let me give you an example. Let me just explain this to you. I've seen very beautiful girls. That door is opened, but they can't find a man because that door's closed. I've seen couples get married. That door's opened, but they can't have children because that door is closed. I've seen people that have a driver's license. That door is open, but they don't have a car because that door is closed. I've seen brilliant kids tremendous academic ability that door is opened but they can't get a scholarship and they can't go to college because that door is closed i've seen guys that can preach that door is open but they don't have a place to preach i've seen people that can sing but they don't have a studio to record i've seen people who can't sing and they record that doesn't make sense to me The Bible says all the doors were opened. Every single door. Every single door is going to open. No door is going to be shut. No stone is going to be unturned. No opportunity is going to lack. God's about to open all the doors. This church is coming into a season of all the doors opening. It's going to be like a super fan as the doors spin and open. God's giving options. You try to do the wrong thing, not on purpose, but it's going to be an open door and an option. If the devil closes that door, another one is opening here. At midnight, all the doors are opening. In the worst time of your life, it becomes the best time of your life because, suddenly all the doors are about to open in your life yeah baby yeah yeah baby yeah 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 there's an apostolic mandate here tonight all the doors are about to open for you come on holy ghost Amen. Those skinny little girls you have in your house, those skinny little daughters you have in your house, God's about to put an obedient blessing. They're going to start getting pieces of meat in the right places. They've been skinny for too long. They look like vegans. The devil is a liar. God is about to open doors for your sons and your daughters, your grandchildren. God's about to make a way for you. God's letting you go on the tollway of life free of charge because all the doors are opening. Doors that you didn't even know they were doors. Shout all the doors. Say all the doors. Shout all the doors. Shout all the doors. Shout all the doors. Shout, all the doors. And finally, number seven. <laughs> Amen. I feel it amen come on give someone a high five say this is number four say baby all the doors in the words of Bishop Jakes get ready 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 doors are about to open for your life stuff you thought was closed a long time ago is about to open anointing doors healing doors prosperity doors promotion doors, elevation doors, next level doors, new dimension doors, doors are about to open for your life. You're going to let me run by myself? God's about to open doors for you. Come on, Holy Ghost, open the doors. my god you mess with me you mess with me we'll have twins by christmas don't play with me <laughs> dun, da, dun, da. Dun, da, dun, da. I'm telling you, get smart. You got nothing on what's coming. The doors are going to see you coming. Doors are going to fly open. It's going to shock the bejesus out of you. It's going to shock your crazy head. It's going to move your cracker barrel mind. It's going to shift you so quick. You won't even know you've been shifted through an open door. Shut all the doors are open. Come on, Holy Ghost. I feel an anointing coming here just for you, to bless you, to give you a suddenly. I'm praying for mild people to turn wild. Amen. Have you seen people when their team wins, amen, they throw their shirt off, amen, they'll run in the snow. I'm praying for that kind of a breakthrough, a wild open heaven breakthrough. Angels standing on 69, bringing people into church, where your money stops being funny and God opens the doors, and suddenly your money's accelerating, where God blesses you for your tithe giving and your offerings, and a memorial is open in the heavens, shout three times, all the doors are open. family is about to get saved. Those teenagers are about to turn around. My God, your grandchildren are about to shift. God's about to reach your kids in jail. Jesus, help me preach to someone here to convince you that all the doors are opening. Amen, baby. Amen. I agree with you. That's a good place to pray in the spirit and seed that word. Yeah. Sharakataramu <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And the last one. And Chris, will you open the door for me here on this one? Amen. Yeah. Acts chapter number 2, verse 2. A suddenly breakthrough. Yeah. A suddenly breakthrough. Yeah. A, suddenly breakthrough. Yeah. a suddenly breakthrough. Amen. Acts chapter number 2 and verse 2. When you were talking about breakthrough earlier, don't play, Amen. When you were talking about breakthrough earlier, I knew I was on the right track. Amen. Don't play. You're going to give me a honey. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) It's like everything here is going to start pouring out into this (laughs) thing. Don't play. Amen. I know you were a brother and you want to play. Amen. There's a brother up there. Hallelujah. No no no, 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 say the amen. (laughs) Can you imagine? You've been told that something's coming and you don't know what it is and the the man doesn't even give you a hint. You know, he, he you walk in with him for three and a half years and he tells you it's coming, something's coming. And, and any time you hear a preacher say something's coming, something's going to happen, they never say what the something is, and you keep on coming and you're believing for something, but you don't know what the something is, and you're in the season that this is the season when something's about a breakthrough, but they can't define what something is, and you keep on coming to church waiting for something, and you know what something is, and and so he tells them 500 go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive the Holy Ghost. Doesn't explain what's about to happen. Doesn't give them some sort of an insight. And then they say, okay, are you going to restore the kingdom? He says, no, just wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. You shall be witnesses unto me. And so they're there out family business. And 10 days later, they're in one place, in one accord. And suddenly, from nowhere, suddenly, in an unexpected way, suddenly, heaven opened over their head. Fire came and set on each of them. Now this Sunday in Leah is a breakthrough Sunday, but it's also the suddenly of equal blessing because the fire that fell on Peter's head was the same kind of fire that sat on the women in the room. It wasn't a big fire for Peter and a small little candle for so-and-so over there. It wasn't a big fire for Baba and a small little fire for Pookie. It was the same fire for everyone. It's the blessing of breakthrough and it's equal blessing. Everyone in the room gets equal blessing. If it sits on you, it's sitting on you. If it sits on Chichi, it's sitting on me. It's a suddenly of equal blessing. Triumph. A moment is coming of breakthrough that you can't measure. You know it's coming. You can't sense it. But a moment of equal blessing is coming. It's going to sit on everyone. Stand and put your hands together. Let's pray. 37 minutes. Amen. Amen. Join hands with the believer. Ask them first. Ask them, do you believe? Don't just join hands. Ask them. When you sign an agreement, whatever it is, when you sign an agreement or a contract, you sign it. At the bottom of your signature, there's room for a witness, because the witness then gives credibility to what has just been agreed to. Ask the person next to you, say, will you be my witness? Will you be my witness? Will you be my witness? Because I'm about to sign on a suddenly here, and I'm going to need a witness because when my check comes and the devil tries to stop the payment of my check, I have a witness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if two of you shall agree, just look at someone and say, are you a credible witness? Because I'm about to get a check that I'm about to cash and I'm gonna need a witness when the devil challenges the credentials. I'm about to get African up in this place. My God, Chris, are you a good witness? Come be a witness. Come on, be a witness. Amen. My God, something's coming for Africa. It's coming for Zimbabwe. I need a witness. A breakthrough is coming for Chichi and I. And we agree. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done. I have a witness. Clap your hands now. Come on, Holy Ghost. I feel like I feel like I feel like I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Now, now, we, we're going to just worship just a little. Without music, because I want to help usher in, in some lives. Now, even if you have high-speed internet, a big file, does take a little bit more time to download now for some of you i don't know you're just getting a free app so it's going to be a quick download but there might be somebody here that's been waiting for 15 years and you have to be patient with that person because the download is huge it's a massive file so father as we worship you We open our spirit and our hard drive to receive a suddenly download. We receive it. Put it down in us that this will go down in history as a moment when things change in our lives. I receive the download. I receive the blessing. I receive the anointing. I receive the breakthrough. I receive direction. I receive a word from you. I receive sense. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, stretch your hands like you're about to touch heaven. Stretch those hands. Stretch your hands. Our Father which art in heaven. Give us this day, right now, our daily bread. Release unto us your will in heaven right here on earth. Stretch a little harder. Come on, stretch. and Come on, Ryan. Stretch and touch heaven. Touch your breakthrough. Touch your suddenly. Move beyond your frustration. A little more for your children. Stretch a little. A little more for those grandbabies. Stretch a little. Stretch a little. Stretch. In Jesus' name.